Welcome to Crossroads, the broadcast ministry of Montgomery's First Baptist Church, where you can discover God's personal plan and power to conquer your problems through Jesus Christ. Join us now as God's Word heals, encourages, and enlightens your spiritual life. Come with me to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, we'll begin in verse 1, go to verse 11. It could help you, help you to have this little piece of paper entitled, Follow Jesus from Empty to Full. Now, friends, let me acknowledge the obvious. We live in a fallen world, and in this fallen world, you will feel depleted, drained, even defeated. So, a lot of us run on empty, and I want to urge you to know that Jesus had a, a different plan. He had a better way. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life in its fullness, in its abundance. But be alert, there is an enemy who is here to pull you down, to wear you out, to put you on empty, on defeated. So we want to be aware of that, that there's a lot of us running on empty. If I were to take a poll today, I would imagine many of you would quickly acknowledge I've got some emptiness in my life. Uh, I had an experience the other day on the Alabama River where a friend took me out on a boat ride. And oh, we were having the best time, and we had gone down the river south uh, over toward Prattville, and then we zoomed up all the way toward Wetumpka, and suddenly there was a, spl a sputter and another sputter. And this fellow said, you know, this is a new boat, and I don't think the gas gauge works. Oh, really? I said at about 8 p.m. that night, and he said, uh, as we coasted to a stop, we are out of gas. Well, fortunately, there was a friendly pontoon boat that showed up, and they were our rescuing agents, and we hooked a rope onto their boat. They towed us back into the Montgomery Marina, and as we arrived, their boat ran out of gas, and we both just barely made it in to the slip. Now, here's my point. A lot of folks are on empty, and today you may be on empty emotionally. Maybe you just feel exhausted. There's so much pulling you down and draining you. Maybe you feel on empty uh, relationally because there's a very special relationship that's been damaged or ruptured. Maybe you feel on empty financially or even spiritually. Perhaps you feel like some things are not turning out right and the Lord has let you down. Well, you are in God's right place today because, make this note, by the cross, God calls you to fulfillment, not to emptiness. He calls you to abundance, not abandoning. The Lord is here with you, and you're in His place to hear His message that will bring hope and joy, abundance and fullness back to your spirit. That's precisely what happened to Peter. And the reason it happened is because Peter invited Jesus into his boat, and he made Jesus the captain of his ship. That's the key. If you want to move from empty to full, it's this simple. Make Jesus the captain of your boat. Well, let's dive deep into Luke chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, and see how this works. Now, it came about that while the multitudes were pressing around Jesus— and listening to the Word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, which is the Sea of Galilee. And he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake. 
But the fishermen had gotten out of them, and they were washing their nets. Jesus got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put out a little way from the land. He sat down, and he began teaching the multitude from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, and he said, Master, we've worked hard all night, and we've caught nothing, but at your bidding, we will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish, and their nets began to break. They signaled to their partners in the other boats for them to come and help them, and they came. They filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. This is a boatload of fish that will sink your boat. But when Simon saw this, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For amazement had seized him and all of his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. So also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon, and Jesus said to Simon, Do not fear. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed him. Let's pray. Dear Father, we acknowledge there is emptiness in our lives, and we ask that you bring abundance, joy, fullness again. Oh, Father, replace depletion and defeat with your Spirit's power. Lord, I pray that you'd get me out of the way and allow your Spirit to take over this service and deposit your transforming truth into every receptive heart. I pray for that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, let me take a moment and just reset this scene because this is the miracle of catching the fish, but every miracle is a parable. And in this parable, we're going to learn not just a lesson about fishing, but we're going to learn about how to go from empty to full, and even more importantly, how to become a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Now, here's the score. In Luke chapter 4, we learn that Jesus has set up his gospel preaching headquarters in Capernaum. That's the home of Simon and Andrew. And as he is preaching in this little village that's beside the Sea of Galilee, people are coming to him. They are listening to him. They are, they are gathering, and they're soaking in his every word. Well, now, the Sea of Galilee is kind of like one of our great lakes. It's a sea that's a freshwater lake, 9 by 13 miles. It's at the base of Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon is 10,000 feet tall, and it's snow-covered, and its waters feed the Sea of Galilee, which in turn creates the Jordan River that goes all the way to the Dead Sea. So here is Peter. He has spent his life here in Capernaum on the Sea of Galilee as a fisherman. Well, he has heard of Jesus because Jesus has been preaching in the synagogue there at Capernaum. He's also been working wonders he healed a lot of people, including Peter's mother-in-law. So, Peter is familiar with Jesus, and we go forward now to Luke chapter 5, and here, early one spring morning, Peter has just come in from fishing all night and catching nothing, and who would show up but Jesus? So, Jesus starts to draw this crowd, and as he is drawing this crowd, he sees Peter over there working on his nets, 
And I can assure you, Peter is on empty. He's on empty in his boat because he caught nothing. He's on empty in his pocketbook because this is what he does to make a living, and he's caught no fish, he'll have none to sell. He's going to be on empty on his dinner table. He's going to be on empty in the area of enthusiasm. He is defeated and depleted. So Jesus notices Peter as he preaches sitting over there on this log, working on his net. You might even say that he was logged on to his network. (laughs) Well, anyway, um, he is there defeated and depleted, and Jesus has this huge crowd forming, and he says, hey, Simon, I need to borrow your boat. Would you let your boat become my pulpit? And Simon says, certainly. So, he pushes out into the water, and Jesus begins to preach. And when he finishes his sermon, he says, Simon, as a thank you, I am going to take you fishing. Now, this is a unique turn of events because Peter is the master of fishermen, but Jesus is the master of the fish. So, let's watch what happens because we're going to go on a journey from empty to full. All right, let's pick up what you got to do. As we follow Jesus from empty to full, number one, appropriate God's presence. Make that note, please. Appropriate God's presence. Uh, That's a fancy way to say invite Jesus into your boat. You see, here is what we find. It's a picture of surrendering your life to Jesus. Now, we can imagine that Simon knows about Jesus Jesus has healed his mother-in-law, and we may even deem him a fan. Simon Peter is a fan of Jesus. But here, as he lets Jesus take his boat, he's going to move from a fan to a fully devoted, faithful follower. And that's what the goal of God is for our lives. He wants us to not simply be a fan, to casually have a commitment and a connection to Christ. He wants us all in. He wants us to be a fully devoted follower of the Lord Jesus. This is his call, and this is what I'm seeing here. In a way, this is Simon's public profession of faith in Christ. But please note that Jesus didn't hijack the boat. Jesus didn't take a knife out and say, I'm taking your boat, Simon. (laughs) No, he asked for permission. And Simon, he said, yes. He said yes to Jesus' invitation to use his boat. I I like that. It was C.S. Lewis, the brilliant scholar from Great Britain, who became a Christian at age 32. And he wrote this book called Mere Christianity, and he makes this observation. He said, Jesus is not a burglar who breaks into your life and forces you to follow. Jesus is a gentleman, and he only invites you to open the door of your heart and follow him. I'll imagine that C.S. Lewis, who was from Great Britain, had gone to St. Paul's Cathedral and seen the great picture that Holman Hunt painted that rests in St. Paul's. It's the picture of the inviting Jesus. Holman Hunt, he drew this in 1886, and it's a picture of Jesus living out Revelation 3.20. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at your heart door and I knock. And if you will hear me and open the door, I will come in. But if you look closely at the door, it has no exterior handle. When Holman Hunt was asked, why did you not put a handle on the outside? He said, because your heart door only has a handle on the inside. Jesus will not force his way in. 
You've got to open that door and Jesus will come in and he will be with you now and forever. And, and so what do we see here? We see Simon saying, Jesus, come into my boat. Become the captain of my boat. He is saying, Jesus, my possessions can be used for your purposes. My resources can be used for your reasons. Would you note on your worksheet, Colossians 3.17, because this is also occurring. You see, whatever Simon Peter has, he is giving it to Jesus, and that's the way to live life, my precious friends. It says in Colossians 3.17, and whatsoever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. In other words, Lord Jesus, you own it all. I give it to you. You are the captain of my boat. Let's go to the next step. See Simon Peter, after he appropriates God's presence, he cooperates with God's plan. He cooperates with God's plan. Here, after Jesus had finished speaking, he uh, said, Simon, let's go fishing. Let's go fishing. Now, you've got to remember, Simon is a professional fisherman who has spent his entire lifetime on this lake. He's got a good boat. He's got good nets, good equipment, and he's got good knowledge of how to fish this lake. And yet Jesus instructs him, and he says, Simon, launch out into the deep. Now, in my sanctified imagination, I'm imagining a small debate going on in that boat. Simon's saying something like this, um, you know, Jesus, uh, may I respectfully remind you that you are a carpenter, and I am a fisherman. And I've spent my entire life fishing this lake, and you generally fish it at night, Jesus. You fish it at night when the fish move into the shallow waters. You fish it at night so that the fish can't see your net. But if you really want me to, I will go against the grain of everything that I know and everything that works, and I'm going to push out into the deep and comply with your request. Now, that's part of what it takes to let Jesus be the captain of your ship. You've got to cooperate with God's plan. Now, even though this appeared to be the wrong time, the wrong place, and the wrong way to fish, he went ahead with the plan. Let me tell you something I've discovered. Uh, I've been following Jesus since I was a teenager. And it struck me one day that if I will do everything the opposite of what I feel like doing and what is natural to me, then I'm following the Jesus way. If I follow the J way, it's generally the way of selfishness. The Jesus way is the way of serving and giving. If I follow the J way, it's the way of the world. You hurt me, I will hurt you back. I'll take a pound of revenge. But the Jesus way is loving and forgiving. You see, J's way, the world's way, is a way of pollution. It's a world of compromise. It's a world of giving in to temptation. It's a world of rationalizing. Everybody else is doing it, but the Jesus way is different. It's a way of purity. It's a way of integrity. It's a way of transparency that creates trust. You see, you've got to go against the grain is the point. And that's what Simon Peter did. He cooperated with God's plan. He went against the grain. Now, imagine this. There are probably people right there on the shore watching Simon Peter. And they're probably amused at him fishing in the daytime, fishing wrong. They're probably mocking this moment. But I'm so glad that Simon Peter didn't listen to the crowd. Hey, is that a problem with you? Do you tend to listen to the people around you 
and make your decisions based on what other people think and say or what you imagine they are thinking and saying, there's a better way. Be more concerned about Christ in the crowd. This uh, young lady joined our church not long ago, and I was talking to her, and she said, you know, Pastor Jay, I tried to bring my boyfriend to come to church with me, but he would just kind of make fun of me even going to church, and he refused to come, and then suddenly it dawned on me that if he would not follow me to heaven, I was not about to follow him to hell. And I not only joined this church, I broke up with him. I said, go girl, you did good. You made a good choice. You went against the grain of our culture. You listened to Christ instead of the world. Look on your worksheet. What does it say in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Do you know why? Because your understanding is faulty. It will let you down. It will lead you the wrong way. But in all of your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. Let's go to number three. The next step to go from empty to full is to activate God's promise. Learn to activate God's promise. In a word, it's obedience. On your worksheet, you see James 1.22. It's a verse we use constantly. It's moving from being a hearer of God's Word to be a doer of God's Word. It's being an applier. You know what I've discovered? I've discovered that a ton of people are educated beyond their obedience. Do you know what that means? We know a lot, but we do precious little. We know we're supposed to share our faith, but who do we share with? We know we're supposed to forgive, but do we hold grudges? We know we're supposed to serve, but are we caught in the web of narcissistic selfishness? You see, we're educated beyond our obedience, but in this moment, what does Peter do? He does exactly as Jesus says. He sets aside his doubts, He's worked all night. He sets aside his fatigue, and with humble obedience, he did precisely as Jesus instructed. So they pull out to the deep, and then what does he do? Jesus said, let down your net. He goes against the grain. He lets down the net, and as that net gets down to the deeper water, he starts to pull it back in. Well, as he pulls it back in, he feels it hang. I'm sure he's so disheartened. He's thinking, I've just caught a stump. I've hit a rock. Something has just snagged my net. And then all of a sudden, ooh, it pulls back. (laughs) Now, when I was a kid, I used to run trot lines with my dad. And man, when you grabbed a hold of that line and you pulled it and it pulled back, there was an electric shock that went through your system because there was a big fish on it. Well, can you imagine that net started to pull back? And then he kept pulling And suddenly he saw the flash of fins down in the water, sparkling in the water. Maybe there's a dozen, he thought. No, wait a minute. Maybe there's a score. Maybe there's a hundred. Maybe there's a thousand fish in there. There were so many fish, the the nets began to break. So he called for backup. He called for his friends, James and John and Andrew, to come help. And they started filling the boat with so many fish that both of the boats began to sink. Now, what's the key to this amazing experience of going from empty to full? It is obedience. You see, obedience is the key to activating God's promise and to releasing God's provision. It's obedience. There's a famous story about Dr. Norman Vincent Peale. 
he was a renowned pastor in New York of the past. Maybe you've heard this story, but he said as a young man, his father told him, Norman, we do not smoke cigars or cigarettes in this house. Not only is it bad for you, it makes you smell like you've been to hell, so you do not smoke in this house. Well, that teenage rebellion arose in young Norman Vincent Peale when he was 16 years old, and one day he writes he was out in the backyard on a Saturday smoking a big Cuban cigar. He was in the backyard so nobody would see him. But suddenly his father pulled up into the garage adjacent to the backyard. So quickly he put out the cigar, and his dad just walked straight into the backyard, and he put the cigar behind his back. And Norman being a very verbal young man and quick thinking. He, he thought he would uh, do a little deflection here. He said, Dad, Dad, I'm so glad to see you. I've got a date this evening with Ruth. Could I borrow the family car? And his dad looked straight into his eyes, but through his soul. And he said, Norman, never ask your father for a favor when you are holding smoldering disobedience in your hand. Can I interpret that for you? Don't ask God for a favor when you're in disobedience. Now, my friend, are you holding smoldering disobedience in your hand or in your heart? Maybe you're holding a grudge against somebody, and you're in disobedience to what God says. God makes it crystal clear in Ephesians 4.32 that we're to be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, how as Christ has forgiven you. That is your assignment. And to the degree that you hold on to that smoldering grudge, you are in disobedience to what God wants you to do and become. So let me encourage you. If you have invited Jesus into your boat and he's the captain of your boat, if you want to move from empty to full, be in full compliance. Major on obedience. And that brings us to number four. Number four is participate in God's purpose. Participate in God's purpose. You, you see, this is this beautiful moment. After this miraculous catch of fish, which was the biggest haul of fish Peter had ever seen, he had never seen anything equivalent to this because these fish had not been so much caught as they were called. Peter realizes that Jesus is more than a carpenter. He realizes that Jesus is more than a wise teacher. He realizes that Jesus is more than a healer or a miracle worker. He realizes that Jesus is the Lord of heaven and earth. He realizes that Jesus is the King of kings. He realizes that Jesus is the singular Savior for all the world. And what does he do? He kneels before Jesus, it says in verse 8, and he says, my Lord. Now, in verse 5, he calls Jesus my master. And that's equivalent to saying, sir. But when he calls him my Lord, this is equivalent to him saying, Lord, you're my king of my everything. This is his complete surrender. This is his joining the purpose and mission of Jesus. Because Jesus said, now you've got a new job. You've got a new assignment. You're going to go with me fishing for people. That reminds me of a legendary moment in 1983. In 1983, there were two business titans that met. One was named Steve Jobs. Have you heard of him? Formed a little company called Apple. 
And there was another man named John Scully. John Scully at that point was president of Pepsi-Cola, one of the most recognized brands and famous companies in the world. So Steve Jobs in 1983, in his brash way, he looked at John Scully and he said, John, let me ask you, my friend, do you want to spend the rest of your life selling sugar water? Or do you want to join me and change the world? Well, I can assure you, he joined Jobs and they changed the world. But Jesus is inviting you to a similar adventure right now. He is inviting you to become his partner, to join him and pursue God's purpose of changing this world as one sinner at a time is caught for King Jesus. But let's pray about it. Dear Father, thank you. Thank you for inviting us to move from empty to full, from darkness to light, from death to life. Right now. Thank you for sharing worship with us. We trust God has used this broadcast for your spiritual growth and encouragement. If this ministry has touched your life, please let us know. If you'd like to share in the cost of this broadcast, you may send your gifts and support to First Baptist Church. Your partnership with us will help strengthen and extend this ministry and will be greatly appreciated. And remember, when you are at the crossroads, follow Christ.